0: And welcome to Hitting Play, the podcast where we review, analyze, and discuss shows, movies, and other curiosities. I am Scott, and joining me from the movie riffing group One Wall Cinema is K1, aka Kevin. Welcome back! Thanks, glad to be here. I got a whole box of tubes ready to go. <laughs> and also joining us from the great city of Melbourne is Hamish. Hamish, welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me back on the Hitting Play podcast.
1: Ha <laughs> ha, Pod. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, if you're listening to this episode, uh, kind of as they're being released, you'll notice that there was kind of a delay from last week. We, we had to take a week off. Uh, in the meantime, we put together this uh, assemblage of uh, hitting play all-stars. So thank you guys for uh, joining me for this episode. And uh, we'll have Sean back on next week, hopefully.
1: No, no, <laughs> I'm surprised. I'm just like, I'm an all-star now. That means I have my own card and everything, right? <laughs> hey, now you're an all-star. All right, wait, no, don't, <laughs> don't. The, the internet has ruined that song, so let's not, let's not go there. Let's all be cool, okay?
2: I just want to apologize to Sean for uh, sending over those sloppy joes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, yes, we'll get into that.
1: Sorry, I just don't think you
0: should mail over sloppy joes.
2: Well, I learned my lesson then, didn't I?
0: <laughs> <laughs> and so did he. So this week we watched a great Adult Swim cartoon of the 2000s. It's about the day-to-day life of a superhero-turned-lawyer, the hilarious Harvey Birdman attorney-at-law. And uh, the episode that we watched was the final episode of Season 1, entitled, "X the Exterminator. It originally aired on Cartoon Network's Adult Swim programming block on June 8, 2003. The episode was written by the show's creator, Michael Auleen, or Uleen, I'm not sure how to pronounce his name. And Eric Richter, with uh, additional credit, I don't know if you notice, uh, was given to uh, Joseph Barbera and William Hanna. Of course, it was taken originally from a Hanna-Barbera cartoon of the 60s. And the cartoon that, you know, is in this form was produced by Adult Swim's William Street Entertainment. So, did you guys uh, watch this uh, when it originally aired? Yep, I did. Yes.
1: <laughs> okay. okay. I, I, I can <laughs> confirm that. <laughs> no, we, I, we had it on um, uh, uh, SBS here in Australia, which more or less is the uh, hot place to go to for any kind of bizarre animated TV shows. I mean, SBS also had the TV show uh, Liquid Television, uh, oh, yeah. Dr. Katz, uh, basically any of the shows we kind of grew up with um, in a cult basis, like you know, Eon Flux or The Head. Uh, yeah, I mean, we got it on SBS, and it was one of those obscure shows, which... Because of its short running time, you could easily play two episodes back-to-back. But yeah, mm-hmm. I, I always look out for this show because, again, it was just bizarre and strange. Because uh, it reminded me a lot of, uh, I, I say, Sea Lab. I would say Sea Quest, oh, yeah. but that's a different show completely. Yes. <laughs> it reminded me of Sea Quest. Uh, God. Um, yeah, it reminded me of Sea uh, Lab, which uh, was interesting because um, I think years later they, they started showing uh, Frisky Dingo.
0: Oh, yeah. Yep. Real, yeah. Same creators and everything. Now, yeah. it, does Adult Swim have their own channel in Australia now? It, it, we, no. We still have. I think on cable, probably yes, maybe. I don't have okay.
1: cable. But yeah, usually for this kind of stuff, uh, yeah, SBS was the go to place. I mean, they
0: even show South Park and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Wow. That's cool that it was actually a, a network show mm. down there. Uh, This is actually one of the few Adult Swim cartoons that predates the creation of the Adult Swim block. So there was also Space Ghost Coast to Coast, The Brack Show, C-Lab 2021, as you mentioned, and, uh, of course, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. So it's because the the pilot aired on Cartoon Network on December 30th, 2000, and then I think around 2001 is when Adult Swim made its debut. Basically, uh, for those not familiar... You know, starting at, I don't know, 8 o'clock, then maybe 7 o'clock, I think they might have moved it. They would show things more TVPG and above. Uh, you know, after the, the kids were off to bed, I guess. So this uh, made the move to Adult Swim and then continued on September 2nd, 2001. And much like Aqua Teen Hunger Force, Harvey Birdman is a spinoff from a Space Ghost Coast-to-Coast episode... Uh, I guess this version, this attorney version of Birdman, was featured in an episode, and that's kind of where the concept grew from. I, I wasn't aware of that. And, and the concept is great. I, I love the the concept of this cartoon. It's ingenious. Like, every week, for the most part, every week, a, a different classic Hanna-Barbera cartoon character shows up at Harvey's office regarding some sort of lawsuit. And, and each episode is a really smart and quick paced satire i suppose it has to be quick paced because of the you know 11 minute runtime like like you said hamish you could you know watch a whole bunch in one sitting uh it moved to adult swim like i mentioned and then there it aired for 39 episodes over four seasons and it ended with the second part of an amazing two-part series finale on july 22nd 2007 Harvey Birdman was the first William Street cartoon that actually maintained continuity throughout its entire run. You know, if you watch Space Ghost Coast to Coast, or if you watch Aqua Teen Hunger Force, you know, people could die, things could blow up, and, you know, the next week it's back to normal. But uh, this show tried to maintain, you know, continuity throughout. And without giving anything away in case you haven't seen it, it all culminates in that two-part series finale, which is just so wonderfully done. And uh, just another note on the continuity, the, the show also views the original Birdman cartoon as Birdman canon, for lack of a better term. And there's an episode called Turner Classic Birdman. Have you guys ever seen this? Yes. Yep. And th- that's meant to bridge the gap in the timeline between the two cartoon series. Uh, kind of like Birdman's Rogue One, in a sense. <laughs> <laughs> kind Bird- of. Birdman's
1: Rogue One.
0: <laughs> yeah. Just go with me on that. <laughs> <All right. laughs> but just like Space Ghost Coast to Coast, you know, used characters and animation from the 60s Hanna-Barbera animated series uh, Space Ghost and Dino Boy. Harvey Birdman, attorney at law, used characters and some animation from the 60s Hanna-Barbera animated series Birdman and the Galaxy Trio.
2: Now, did you guys ever catch this cartoon? Uh, maybe like one or two here or there.
0: Uh, I found it on DVD. Did you? Yeah, I know they released them. I never saw that original cartoon.
1: Yeah, I uh, I found it on DVD because uh, I actually bought it for a gift for my brother, who's a massive fan of uh, Harvey Birdman. And I was like, hey, here's the original. Because they, they it was since that episode of, um, was it, Turn of Water Classics, Birdman. It's interesting to look at those episodes because those episodes are actually pretty short. And it was like mm-hmm. paired with Birdman. And then there was the Galaxy Trio episode. So, I like, think for a half hour block, they were, they were like, was it, uh, 11 minute episodes, you know, yeah, each. But um yeah, the, it's it's interesting because the thing in your head is like, no, this is Harvey Birdman. But the you know, the character in the original show is just a I'd say a generic superhero character for you know lack of a better description, you know, who just has yeah. you know wings and he's powered by the sun. I mean, who else is powered by the sun, we don't know. There's no other <laughs> hero ever created who can fly, has like a sidekick, you know, it's 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 an original concept. But um, yeah, yeah, it's it's, sure. it's interesting to look back at the show because it's like it's it's classic uh,
0: action cartoon. Yeah, definitely. And this, you know, reusing the old characters, reusing the old animation, they did that for a lot of these early Adult Swim cartoons. You know, Sea Lab Twenty Twenty One. Uh, they even did a whole episode all completely using original footage and original dialogue from the uh, the old cartoon. It, like I think I mentioned it in that episode that I. Uh, did of the podcast covering it, it's a very boring episode. Mm-hmm. Um, n- not the episode of the podcast, I hope, but the the episode that I, <laughs> that I, I was speaking about. But uh, Aqua Aw- Teen Hunger Force also kind of did that to a lesser extent. Their characters were original and originally animated, but, you know, it, it's kind of cool. They had access to the, those original Turner archives, you know, or Warner Brothers archives, and that, that's what they used. And uh, I should mention, too, just like the characters of Space Ghost, Brax, C-Lab... Uh, Birdman and his related characters, they were all designed by the amazing artist Alex Toth, who did some uh, early comic book work as well. He actually was uh, the guy that did the original drawing of uh, Juggernaut, which there's a whole long story about that and how Jack Kirby kind of cleaned up his design and changed it to the Juggernaut we know and love today. But uh, for more on the interesting histories and kind of the backstories of those other Adult Swim shows, please uh, check out the episodes about them in our archives. We get... Very much into the, the backstory on that stuff. Now, I read, too, that this series was cell-animated for the first season. And then for 2 through 4, they were kind of uh, animated in Adobe After Effects. And, and I was trying to figure out if this was a cell-animated episode that we watched. I think it was.
1: Yeah, because uh, I remember the first episode. Um, it's in a DVD commentary. They're talking about the first episode. And the first episode's the pilot. They, they said their jokes were, like, for the animation... Team that are putting it together, it's like the jokes were too quick for the animation. Mm. And like what they won was a kind of snappy, you know, this, then that, then this, and that. Uh, but the animation couldn't keep up with it. So they yeah. had to completely alter it, go like, yeah, we're going to go to Adobe After Effects yeah. because, you know, you, you can translate a joke faster. And it makes sense for them to do that because if you look at the original first episode, was it the Johnny Quest one? You know, I think so, yeah. It's in the classic animation style. And I guess that's what they were going for originally. But with, yeah, this style of comedy there. Yeah, you need something which is able to keep up.
2: Yeah, and that's one, one thing I absolutely love about this show is just the, you know, the real rapid-fire jokes.
0: You know, it's I, I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's very funny. There are tons of, like, little cameos, just tons of little hidden details. And, uh, yeah, like you said, Hamish, it's just so quickly done that you could see why, you know, they had a lot of timing issues, a lot of retakes. It can get expensive. And their uh, production schedule was really halted, and their airing schedule, too. It's like, well, you know, Harvey's going to miss a week, and, you know, why is it so erratic? And then they just decided to go all digital. So the the episode that we watched this week, it was either the last or one of the last cell-animated episodes. And uh, from here in Season 2, you might notice the episodes look a little sleeker and sharper visually. But uh, overall, not too bad. It's uh, pretty pretty seamless, I would say. And uh, just just one other note we should mention. Beyond this, there was also a video game that was released, also called uh, Harvey Birdman, Attorney at Law. Did you guys ever play that?
2: I think I rented it from the library one time.
0: Uh, I never got to play it, but um,
1: I saw reviews of it and some walkthroughs. Because I was interested in seeing how they actually translate the show. I can understand some of the reviews weren't that nice to it because it was a little bit... Even if you look at the walkthroughs of the people are playing it, it, it's a little bit clunky. Like, the jokes don't work as well. And plus, the, the animation is not like the TV show with the After Effects. It's kind of... It, it feels slightly cheaper <laughs> in a weird way. Uh, yeah. and, and on top of that, they, um, they couldn't have Stephen Colbert come back and do uh, uh, any of his characters like... Reducto or Philcon 7 because he was too busy doing the Colbert Report. So you have this bizarre sound alike who is not great. It's not
0: good. <laughs> <laughs> it also, the, the series was released on DVD over a series of three volumes. Four seasons over three volumes. A lot of the Adult Swim shows did that released in the, the volume format because of the amount of episodes per season. They kind of want to even them out, I believe.
1: And it's great value.
0: Yeah, you can actually find it pretty cheap, you mm. know, and there's all kinds of great little, uh, you know, uh, special features and, and things that uh, really add to the enjoyment of the show.
1: That's right. You have to admit, the value of those episodes that Adult Swim are creating for us to watch, it's fantastic. No, this isn't a paid ad.
0: I'm just saying it in a really <laughs> weird way. It's very true. We are not paid at all, unfortunately. <laughs>
2: And the the cases for those DVDs are great too. I mean,
0: they kind of look like you know, like a, a bound leather book. Yeah, it's funny because uh, yeah, I, I opened up Volume One to prepare for this episode, and there's like you know, Peanut scratched out something and wrote his name on it. There's like coffee ring stains on the inside. It's like a lot of great visual detail just put yep. in the the packaging for these you know DVDs. It's great. So, if
1: you want to get these DVDs, they're of a high quality and, ha- and contain all the episodes that you'd want to watch of a show, including special features. Again, I'm not being paid for this. I'm just using a voice.
0: Yeah, I'm not paying you. <laughs> I don't know who's paying you. <laughs>
1: I'm paying myself. <laughs> I, I basically put money in an envelope, hide it somewhere in my house. Then I find it again and go, "Ho oh, ho! looks like someone is in the money.
0: Nah, well, you got some other issues we got, we'll have to deal with off the air. Then, <laughs> hey, it makes me feel good. I feel great. All right. Well, let's moving on from that. Let's get right into this episode. Let's ride this uh, <laughs> this wave of enthusiasm. Okay. So, getting right into this episode, we we open on a secret meeting at the headquarters of the group Fear. Uh, they are led by the mysterious Number One, and uh, of course, we know that Number One is the evil leader because of his mustache and triangular goatee. <laughs> And all the members of Fear, they all look alike, right? They're all just kind of in these blue and gray jumpsuits with the word Fear on them.
1: Yeah, this is supposed to be set in the old episode of Birdman. Yes. Which which explains why the animation looks a lot different from the actual show. But strangely enough, one of those Fear agents, Fear Men of Fear, is actually a bartender on the show.
0: Yeah. So it's just great. Another uh, example of them reusing, you know, an older character. But like you said, too, you can tell it's kind of grainy. This is original 1967 footage. It's got that
1: classic 60s Batman tilt.
0: Yes. Mm -hmm. So addressing the other fear members seated at the table, number one plays this projection of various clips from the original Birdman cartoon. And he says, you know, our nemesis Birdman continues to elude us. And uh, another member replies, indeed. And there's only one man who can stop him. X the Eliminator, and just as these words are spoken, <laughs> X the Eliminator, voiced by uh, Peter McNichol, who you may remember from Ally McBeal, I think that was one of his biggest roles, he he appears in the doorway of the room, announcing his arrival. He also
1: was in uh, Bean, Numbers, the movie. right? Oh yeah, Numbers and Bean, the movie, that's what I'm remembering
0: for. I, I love uh, Peter McNichols' uh, voice here for the character. It's hilarious. Just this, you know, this kind of a whiny, high-pitched, uh, just, yes, it is I, X the Eliminator! It's just so well done. And, uh, I, of course, I don't do it justice. But uh, he says that he can rid them of the scourge of Birdman, and they agree to pay a price of $1 million in exchange for the crest, the crest of Birdman. <laughs> I love his reaction. Oh, that's it? Just his crest? Yeah. <laughs> he's kind of like yeah taken aback by what he's hearing and he figured for such a large amount of money he'd have to kill him but uh no they just want birdman's crest now in in the original series he tries to kill birdman which i
2: i think it's funny because you know he keeps suggesting that you know he should yeah in this episode
0: one of the fear members is like what are you crazy <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, like you said, Kevin, this is, this actual episode, even though this is at the end of season one, this is a take on the very first segment of the very first episode of Birdman and the Galaxy Trio from September 9th, 1967. And that episode, or that segment of the episode, was entitled X the Eliminator. Remember, we're covering X the Exterminator, which is a, a play on it. In that segment, in that original 67 episode, This is how the story goes. Basically, uh, X is hired to retrieve the crest of Birdman for $1 million, so that's the same. Uh, He lures Birdman by downing a cargo ship bound for Mars. So when Birdman arrives, X freezes him with a vice gun, but then Avenger kind of steps in and rescues him and saves the day. So uh, we'll, we'll see how closely this follows the original story. But yeah, basically a very similar premise. It's a nice little take on that, that first Birdman story. I'm wondering, how do you get in
1: contact with uh, X the Eliminator? Like, is he at the bottom of the list of supervillains that you need? Because, again, like, they're fear agents or looking for, like, you know, somebody to get Birdman, and they had to go through a list of people. Like, they went to X for Eliminator. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's that's what I'm trying to wondering, especially for the show itself. It's just, like, you have a list of supervillains to hire, and you could have, like, you know, Evil Man, uh... Aaron the killer. But then they go all the way down to X the Eliminator. But even that doesn't make sense for the spelling. You know, it's just like, oh, let's go to X for Eliminator. Wait, nope, no, nope, that doesn't make sense. Like, did it have to go to Eliminator? Like, Eliminator, comma, X, or, what? you know, it's just, how do you look for a guy like that? Like, who refers him to this evil organization? I mean, that's the only way he makes money. And for a million dollars, I mean, you know, seems like a pretty yeah. good gig. But again, how do you get in contact with him? That's all I want to know.
0: And I can't answer that.
1: Dang
2: it! <laughs> now, do we want to uh, get into the look of the design of uh, X the Eliminator? Oh yeah, please. Yeah, he's basically kind of like a older version of like the classic Cobra Commander outfit, basically. Mm-hmm. But you know, like reddish. So I was actually kind of curious to see if uh, you know maybe they based the Cobra Commander character on him, but couldn't really find whether or not that w- was actually true, other than, you know, a couple threads on some old uh, G.I. Joe message boards where people were wondering the same thing. Uh, unfortunately, the uh, guy, Archie uh, Goodwin, who created Cobra Commander, is, uh, sadly uh, has passed away, so there was, you know, no way to
0: get a hold of him. But, uh, yeah, it, kind of like a generic evil person design. He's He's got the, uh, you know, the, the hood on, so we never see yep. his face. We You know, of course, the way they animate it, he's still very expressive in his eyes, and we see his mouth moving under the hood. You know, it isn't, uh, you know, completely without emotion. but And we'll notice, too, that he's very slim. You know, he's, uh, or at least slimmer here than uh, in years later. Right.
1: I gotta say, it's a bold choice, his color scheme, though. There's, like, pink and blue or something. Like, pink for his body, red hood, red gloves, and he's got, like, a gray arms or... Bodysuit underneath it, I am assuming. But it's a very bold choice for a guy who's an eliminator. If he's going to come after you and try and destroy you, you'll see him from a mile away.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no kidding.
1: (laughs) Mm. I mean, he's not like Batman, but, you know, it's like, yeah, I can see that guy. He's very reflective, too.
0: (laughs) Yes, his tactics aren't that great. He's not the best strategist, as we'll see.
1: Yeah, he's not really a a great strategist, but, you know, he's an eliminator, so he's either one way or another, he will eliminate people, you assume.
0: He claims to, but, uh, you know, no evidence of that. (laughs) So, we next got to Birdman's Secret Volcano Lair, which, you know, just a great 60s Hanna-Barbera design for a modern computerized superhero headquarters. It's got all, you know, these brightly colored computer consoles and... Crazy angular things, you know. It, it, I love the camera pans across, and we see Birdman. He's fast asleep in a Murphy bed, and uh, <laughs> along with his sidekick and legal secretary, his purple eagle pet Avenger. It. Uh, I love that the bed is next to just like this open bathroom setup. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, like it's a just, random toilet.
1: It's like a studio apartment in a way. Yeah, yeah. But I like how they've kind of have, um, blended in new animation and the old animation. So mm-hmm. like yeah, you know, the background is all. I guess it's a recoloring of his uh, the original set, and they've added in the the bathroom shower and toilet. Uh, <laughs> and also you got the you know original Birdman style, and he's sleeping just very casually on his bed.
0: Yeah, sprawled <laughs> out at
2: <its> weird angles, <laughs> just totally passed out. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> but it's, it's funny. It kind of fits in with um, the latter episode of uh, Turner Warner classic uh, Birdman because he, he's he's tired. He's always on his feet doing his job. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. He hasn't got time to just basically like, you know, have a very good sleep in. He's just having a nap. And it looks like he's just <laughs> having a nap, too. He's just crashed crash out on his bed.
0: Yeah, he's very much a superhero at this point. Yeah. And so uh, we see X kind of sneak up to Harvey and taking out a knife, he scrapes the bottom of his foot over a small paper bag. And something very <laughs> odd so uh, cutting back to Fear Headquarters number one is looking into this paper bag with disappointment and X declares you know behold the crust of Birdman <laughs> number one has to correct him crest crest uh, Oh, sorry Meyer <laughs> yeah. I love that he just uh, very meekly uh, turns from this you know triumphant declaration to yeah, yeah, yeah I'm so sorry <laughs>
2: <laughs> I was really hoping they would kind of drag this bit out and have him do it like one or two more times.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they improvised that as well as uh, some other scenes too, but with the 11-minute runtime... Yeah, yeah, that's like, what I was going to say. That's the problem.
1: <laughs> but I think that's uh, the best part about the character because he has no real mouth flaps. You can put whatever you like in there. Mm. And so that kind of casual tone of him going going from <laughs> to being like, uh-oh... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's it, It's this weird kind of. He stops being the showman and just starts being a regular guy. And
0: he's like, oh, okay. Oh, no. <laughs> so from that moment of uh, you know, his ex's apology for misunderstanding, uh, crest and crust. We next cut to twenty six years later to present day. We see a an older, slightly heavier ex, the Eliminator, in his basement room. And uh, panning across, we see the cinder block and wood paneled walls. Uh, they're adorned with posters of Birdman. <laughs> There's a, a Birdman doll hanging from the exposed plumbing and just really had become obsessed with Birdman. But-
2: and at this point, we've uh, also switched over to the uh, the newer animation style. Yes. As well. It, did Did you happen to catch uh, the articles that were on the uh, bulletin board?
1: Yeah. Uh, oh, one, yeah, yeah. Yeah, one of them being was that Birdman rescues man from other more evil man.
2: Yep, and
0: then uh, Keith Partridge or Birdman, who's the (laughs) fairer fowl. So yeah, a a Partridge family reference, so quite an old article. It's been up there for at least 26 years. That's funny. But X, right now, he's not really thinking about Birdman. He's sitting on the edge of his bed. He's practicing his electric guitar. uh, As an episode of the original Hanna-Barbera cartoon, Birdman and the Galaxy Trio, ends on the TV behind him. And we can see on the screen there, uh, Vapor Man, Meteor Man, and Galaxy Girl. The, that's the original Galaxy trio. But from the end of this episode, uh, we cut to the TV as it next plays a commercial featuring Birdman, now known as the attorney Harvey Birdman, voiced by the the great actor Gary Cole. Very funny and does a great job with the voice here. What do you guys think of this commercial? I think it's great.
1: <laughs> I, th- I think it gets the point, but I like how he threatens the
0: kids with a basketball Yes. and there's a,
1: a hobgoblin in there or something.
0: Yeah, I couldn't figure out who this guy was. <laughs> he kind of looks like uh, Mentok, the mind taker Yeah, I
2: was just gonna say it looks like a, a younger version of Mentok. Yeah,
1: mm. it look, could be Mentok, but at the same time, I'm just getting kind of a green goblin vibe from it. But I like yeah. how he just walks into their basketball game and, and just kind of <laughs> picks up the like hold, like takes the ball from them and then kind of like holds it. In a weird menacing like way, like he's trying to, he's, he's doing this infomercial for his business. But he's surrounded by kids, it it seems like a sv- weird kind of situation that he's found himself in. Well, it's a weapon. Oh yeah, yeah, he's like in the wrong hands. It could be a weapon, and he's like, Ugh! and then the kids are all the, all freak all out and scream. run away. <laughs> it's like it, it's it, it's not an effective ad. It's a very striking ad.
0: Great animation too on the little kids all running away in terror. Mm. It's very funny. <laughs> and that one one child who's standing there crying. <laughs> <laughs> at, at the bottom of the screen while Harvey is talking to the viewer, we see the number for 1555 injury. And so X grabs his television and holds it right up to his ear and he's laughing. You know, he's a lawyer. So, you know, seizing this opportunity, he immediately goes to his closet and he digs through various items and devices. We don't need to go into what those are. Uh, looking for his silver death console with the ray. With the red. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, he yells up to his wife, but she snaps back at him. Don't you use that tone with me? Is that his wife or Is his he- mother?
2: According to the video game he lives in his mother's basement but the credits at the end of the episode show that uh the, the woman who's yelling uh back to him is his uh his wife. Yeah. But then in some of the other episodes of the show he's uh, apparently uh roommates with uh uh what's his Zardo. name? Zardo. Yeah.
0: yeah. it was kind of kind of odd. Uh, I I mean I don't count the video game as as canon if we really right. want to say that there is a Birdman canon but yeah, like you said in the credits She's voiced by Gray Delisle. She's the same actress, by the way, that does the voice of Debbie, Harvey's secretary. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's his, it's his wife. But it looks more like, you know, he's it this guy. It definitely looks like a mother's basement. Yeah, exactly. You know, and he's kind of snapping back at her and she's like, hey, don't you use that tone with me? Something, you know, you could picture his mother saying to him, you know. So from here, we immediately cut to the opening sequence featuring panels of Harvey practicing law and fighting crime. We see a, a yellow muscle car. A lot of cool uh, painted frames here as well, too. Uh, what do you guys think of this opening sequence? Oh, I absolutely love the opening sequence.
1: Yeah, I like it for you know, the it- fact that, yeah, it, it's 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 very colorful. And doesn't really... Like, strangely enough, I kept on seeing this sequence for... If you remember a while ago, uh, L Swim had, like... I think every time he bought L Swim show, there was a trailer, or trailers for other shows on Adult Swim, and mm-hmm. they always seem to just contain the opening credits. Like, no other information <laughs> about the show. <laughs> just the opening credits. Uh, uh Yeah, and the opening credits for this, basically, don't telegraph that much about what the show's all about. It just has, you know, the idea, or the vague idea of, you know, a guy called Harvey Birdman, lawyer, power of attorney,
0: overruled. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> <A> habeas corpus. <laughs> and a sweet car. Yeah. <laughs> The theme music that we hear, it's a very, you know, swing-in orchestra ballad uh, by Reg Tilsley. It's called Slow Moody Blues. It's from 1967. Uh, I sent you guys the YouTube link. Uh, The the version is sped up a little and lyrics were added. So for that version, uh, it was composed by Michael Kohler, who does a lot of other musical work for Cartoon Network. So he kind of took that original music, which is great because it's, you know, from pretty much the same era, the same year, actually, that... Harvey Birdman, or Bur- I should say, Birdman and the Galaxy Trio, was out, so it's d- right out of that era and updated, much like the uh, the actual animation as well.
2: And the singer on that, uh, I believe, is the show creator uh, Eric Richter, isn't it?
0: Oh, is it? Okay, I wasn't able to find that, so that's great. Yeah, I, I believe it is. So uh, as this opening sequence winds down, uh, we open on Harvey's office. He he's working at the law firm Seven and Seven. And he's sitting at his desk enjoying a sloppy joe while wearing a lobster bib. Uh, mid-sandwich, he's summoned on the intercom by the head of the law firm, Phil Ken Seven, voiced by uh, Stephen Colbert, who does other voices in the show. Very, very funny. And uh, we should mention, too, Phil Ken Seven, the original Birdman cartoon. He was known by his codename Falcon 7. And, uh, you know, it's uh, kind of just a play on that. He uh, appears exactly the same here. He's got blonde you know, short hair, black suit, and of course, uh, a, a, an eye patch over his left eye. So we'll, we just have to pause here. The The idea of eating a, a Sloppy Joe. You guys like Sloppy Joes? Yeah, I don't mind them. I
1: like food. <laughs> and more or less, a Sloppy Joe is just like meat pushed together and put into two, bun- like two parts of a bun, right? That's it.
0: Well, do you guys have them in Australia? That's a question I definitely wanted to get uh, out in this podcast. As not
1: like, readily available, unfortunately, no, we don't have it readily available. I mean, there's a big burger trend happening at the moment. We have a lot of burger places, so somewhere within one of those burger places, there will be a Sloppy Joe choice on the menu.
0: Really? Because that's, that's not... We don't really have that here where you go to a burger joint and get a Sloppy Joe. It's kind of something you picture, like, your mom making for you or something, you know? <laughs> right.
1: No, that's the thing. That's that's the thing like um down here we have um again we have a lot of burger places that've just kind of popped up. So it, there's different kind of trends and things like that. So I'm assuming it's like sliders. You guys have sliders, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's like mini burgers. We have those and they keep trying to push them to us to go, hey, have a slider. And it's like, okay, I'd rather have a full burger because that's what I want. <laughs> I don't want the miniature version of the full thing. It's like, you know, here, have a very small sandwich. It's like, I just want the sandwich. That's my own complaint. That's my rant corner. But, um, <laughs> yeah, for sloppy Joe's, yeah, it, it's if you make it at home, yeah, it's just like uh, what I remember it being is just like, you know, meat packed together as best you can and then put onto bread or a bun or something. But also, I quickly want to note note that how come he's just, like, Harvey's just basically eating a burger on his desk without a plate or anything? He just eats it on his desk.
0: Yeah, he's got the bib on, you know, to protect, uh, I guess, you know, that very nice suit, but doesn't mm. care about anything else. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Sloppy Joe, it's more, like,
2: very, I don't know. Loose. Barbecue-ish <laughs> sauce covered, like, taco meat rather than, like, a burger. So, it's, like, you know... <laughs> Very sloppy, I guess you could say.
0: Yeah, it's just loose meat, and yeah, like a sweet, sweeter type of sauce. Yeah. Loose meat. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's basically loose meat <laughs> you find out in the
1: street, any meat you find, just put it together. Yeah, the equivalent is, it's basically putting mince on, it's like a mince, right? Like mince meat and yeah. stuff, yeah. And you put some yeah. barbecue sauce to try and bind it together, and then you serve it to people, and hopefully they can stomach it for a good couple of hours before they have to run to the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> Does does someone serve it to you and then they say, I'm very sorry. This is the best I've got.
2: (laughs) Here, hopefully this will help soak up the night.
0: (laughs) Here's a a map to the closest bathroom. Just saying.
2: Just saying. (laughs) If it's done right, that's not an issue. (laughs) Yeah, that's the thing. You know,
0: with Sloppy Joes, I never associated it with, you know, this type of emergency. Mm. I'm assuming, uh, you know, Harvey's kind of snacking on an older sloppy joe or possibly a bad or rancid sloppy joe that doesn't sound right <laughs> no but it's the i think it's the same philosophy as using
1: um like burrito meat or taco meat i don't know what the science is behind that but you know something the body does not completely enjoy it's like having a coffee you know you have a coffee and it's like mm, this is delicious coffee i'm very awake give me about an hour and i'll i'll be back
0: i'll be right back <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so moving on from, uh, from that, because there'll be more, uh, you know, talk about this stuff going forward, but uh, cutting to Phil's office, uh, Phil asks Harvey for some legal advice, as he admires a, a bust of himself. Now, maybe, I, I, I'm thinking maybe 2005, 2006, uh, a company called Palisades Toys put out uh, four Adult Swim action figure sets, did you guys ever see those? I did. I
2: always wanted the one with the bear. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I just, I just wanted. I the that Phil- one. I just wanted the Phil Ken Seven one.
1: But I like that their choices though, because uh, they they picked their most uncommon choices for uh, Harvey Birdman, the action figures.
0: Yeah. If Phil, it's a basically you get uh, in one set Phil Ken Seven, a uh, shot glass, uh, some some bottles of liquor, a urinal, a nameplate for his desk, uh, a bust of Phil Ken Seven, and the bear, mm. and. Just kind of, kind of odd, but it, it's this bust from the episode. That's what it reminded me of.
1: Yeah, it, it's interesting because, like, I'm trying to remember what time. I think uh, Simon Colbert doing this character was still him doing the Daily Show and probably Strangers with Candy. But I do like uh, they they talked about his character and his trademark. Ha ha. Do you know the reason why he says it like that? No. This is from the DVD, and they were talking about, I' like, talking to Simon Colbert about, oh, the. They they'll come up uh, talking about why they have him on the show, because they had him, I think originally they are going to try and have him do Harvey Birdman, but then they decided he was much better at doing um, uh, Silicon 7. But on the page, it says, ha-ha, like written H-A-H-A, and so he mm-hmm. read it as is, going, ha-ha! Because ha, right? they thought it was just going to be like, ha-ha, like laughing, like an all human being, but instead he puts the ha-ha instead of just laughing. And I thought that was hilarious, and I thought, yeah, that's a lot better than just laughing like a normal human being. Just having him say, ha, ha, was a better part of the joke. <laughs> and so that's why his character, just for, for you know, it seems to punctuate ha, ha, rather than just laughing like a normal person. I think it's, I think it's the best character choice. Yeah, it's great. Yeah,
2: he's, he's a great character. Mm.
1: But there is a video, um, I think it's on series one DVD, or maybe series two, uh, of Stephen Colbert doing the lines of Harvey Birdman, but they highlighted was it they wanted him to say random words. Uh, like accentuate random words or random vowels. Yeah. Uh it's a great video to watch. I mean it's 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 what could have been, but yeah, you know, it's it's better that they've got Gary Cole.
0: Yeah, they they mentioned that he's you know, they could put a little disclaimer on that special feature. They're like, you know, he's very funny, but he was given some very horrible directing, you know, so yeah. R- to emphasize just weird words, and it just it didn't work and as great as Stephen Colbert is, I'm just so glad that he played these side characters as opposed to the main character, and also there's another uh, great thing where a uh, Todd Barry is doing uh, Harvey Birdman, and they mentioned that you know as great as Todd Barry is, the episodes would have to be like an hour long because he's no oh, yeah, I you know very quiet <laughs> and subdued and it, it, very funny a little feature to check out if you get those dVds.
1: And actually, it's funny for the show itself. Talk about continuity. In the later, I think the last series, when Phil Kinseben left the show because Stephen Colbert was busy doing the Colbert Report, his character is mentioning how he's leaving to, I think, start his own firm, something like that. And he says, "Like, I'm going to have a big old S-shaped desk." They're in the, <laughs> they're, in the eleva- right. they're in the elevator talking about these stuff. Where he's saying the S-shaped desk, which is, um, <laughs> I guess, the, the play on the fact that Stephen Colbert has an you know C-shaped desk on his show. But the, yeah. he's saying this in an elevator, and in the elevator, there's Stephen Colbert right behind him.
0: Oh, really? Okay.
1: Yeah, because I noticed because he, when he's talking about the character, the Harvey Birdman Stephen Colbert character in the background kind of wakes up a little bit and goes, ah oh, like that, to when he starts mentioning the giant S-shaped desk.
0: <laughs> 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 yeah, those visual gags, that's why you, you watch this series once, it's like, you've got to go back and watch it again, because there's always things you're going to miss. It definitely is one of those shows that rewards those repeated viewings.
1: Yeah, there's like ongoing gags, like um, a lobster or the bear. Like a lobster will appear, I think it once in every episode, and the bear pops mm-hmm. up from time to time.
0: Pretty much at the end for the bear, for yep. the most part. So yeah, so Harvey is in Phil's office. Like I mentioned, uh, Phil is asking for some legal advice. He tells Harvey that on his way to work, he hit a guy. That doesn't seem so bad. <laughs> every day this week.
2: Uh, any witnesses? <laughs> some kids. Uh, nobody believes kids. And a nun. Nobody believes nuns. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Just some great snappy dialogue. Uh, Phil next smashes his bust, cursing the fact that he's being sued. And Harvey enthusiastically replies with his catchphrase. I'll take the case. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Phil believes that it's now him and Harvey against the world. Uh, literally uh, in a bunker fighting extradition and Harvey doesn't seem so enthusiastic about that detail so (laughs) we next cut to the lobby of the 7 and 7 building where X buzzes on the intercom uh, saying he's uh, there to uh, eliminate Birdman and he's immediately buzzed in (laughs) Yeah, he's buzzed, he's very uh, meekly introducing himself to Harvey's secretary, Debbie, who really just doesn't seem to care to be there at all. Uh, She confuses him for the long-awaited exterminator and orders him to start over by the ficus, uh, which he then does. That's where we get the name of the episode from, X the Exterminator.
2: (laughs) Yeah, And he apparently has some sort of pesticide function on his uh, silver death console with a ray. (laughs)
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, great great visuals here because we cut to X. And he's on his hands and knees. He's in the corner, you know, spraying uh, from this, you know, like you said, nozzle. It's like attached to this giant massive. console. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, throughout the run of the show, it you know, always presents a problem for him. This is, remember, 1960s technology, 26 years later, he never updated this console. So he has to push it around. It's not on wheels or anything. Very, very heavy, but I just love that he's like, okay, and spraying around. So as Harvey walks through the door, uh still with the lobster bib on, X jumps to his feet and yells, Birdman! You know, and thing you know, all kinds of menacing things like you thought you could get rid of me that easily. And Harvey just stares in confusion and X realizes Harvey doesn't really remember him at all. What's funny is like he, he starts off the thing, at last we meet.
2: And then later he says, you don't remember me? (laughs) Like two sentences later.
0: Uh, Harvey does this thing where he looks down and up, kind of scans him and sees a whole bunch of X logos all over him, but kind of focuses in on that visitor sticker that says X as his name. And he smiles and points, X!
1: (laughs) I I just like
0: how he, he looks at
1: the symbol on his shirt as well, which has an X. I think his belt has an X on it as well. Yeah. And he's yeah. like, uh, X!
0: <laughs> the, uh, the biggest fake. And just more great dialogue. Hey, what brings you by? I'm here to kill you. <laughs> and after a brief pause... They laugh. Yeah, they, <laughs> they just all laugh. And uh, Harvey's like, okay, he just tries to make a little small talk and then get going, but then X sprays him in the face with that pesticide. He's like, die! <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a quick cut to like, <laughs> die! Like that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So Harvey coughs and X immediately apologizes and he's offering that, you know, maybe they do lunch sometime and Harvey's saying, oh, I'm kind of busy. And then he sees super X's. super busy. Yeah. <laughs> he sees X's very sad eyes and yells, coffee. And so does X. And, uh, you know, kind of leans over him very menacingly, you know, when, you know, he wants to know when they're going to have coffee. It's like, some.
2: Sometime. <laughs> soon.
0: <laughs> He seems pretty happy with himself.
1: Crosses his arms. He's like, and he starts doing, I guess, Saturday morning TV music. Where he guess dun 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 like that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and goes back into character.
0: Goes the crest of Birdman. It's so shiny. Yeah. It goes right <laughs> up to his head, and he's looking at this crest. Which we should mention what the crest actually is. Like, hmm. I, I, how would you describe what the crest is?
1: Uh, it's basically a. It looks like pilot's wings in a weird way. But, like, it has, like, a red star, like, a circle yeah. with a bit of a thing around it.
0: But it's, like, literally just, like, a decal on the forehead part of his helmet. Yeah. Like, you wouldn't think that it would be the source of his power. That That's what they're kind of treating it as. Right. And I don't think they ever establish it in the show, like, what the it, the crest is. Just that, oh, we need the crest. And he's so obsessed with getting the crest. I think he mentions it in one episode. It's like, what? Not my crest. It's the source of my power.
1: I think. Okay. All right. And he actually does give it to him in one episode.
2: Yeah, I was going to say he gets it, but then it turns out that it's just like a fake. (laughs) It's like a stick on or something
0: like that. Yeah, Yeah. it's it's really nothing anyway, but it's, it's pretty funny. But yeah, even Harvey has no idea what it is. So Harvey excuses himself as X delivers this evil aside, of course, about eliminating him, only to be interrupted by Harvey returning for the legal pad that he forgot. And then, you know, X continues, and then Harvey comes back. Oh, I forgot my briefcase. this is pretty funny.
1: Well, wait, I just realized that X is holding his briefcase. <laughs> That's the one thing I, oh, yeah. I noticed. He's like, "Up, oh, I've got my pad." And then you know, <laughs> then he goes, "I'll
0: get you." "Up, like, oh, my briefcase. Up, oh, here you go."
1: It's like, why are you holding his oh. briefcase?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I figured he just kind of picked it up and handed it to him.
1: Yeah, I assumed that. But at the same time, it's like, w- wouldn't he
0: be holding it himself? I don't know. Could be doing some research. Could be doing a lot of things. Something for his corkboard at home. <laughs> So we next get a kind of a Harvey Birdman logo transition. The logo is, you know, the crest, the the same logo. Uh, It kind of zooms in and out with a moving background, just very reminiscent of Batman 66.
1: Yeah, but I like how it cuts to the next scene. It's just him doing something very mundane. (laughs) It's it's nothing spectacular. It's just him on the phone eating his Sloppy Joe. Yeah.
0: Now, did you guys notice this time his Sloppy Joe has cheese? Yes. (laughs) Never had that before i suppose it could be good well maybe
1: maybe you ate two or you added some cheese to it you know
2: yeah just kind of i suppose wh- that well it would kind of hold the meat together if it melted on it i suppose that's true
0: yeah all right well we'll have to try it <laughs> report back next week <laughs> <laughs> so harvey's you know like you said he's on the phone he's dealing with phil's case and uh he presses on the uh, the phone prompt the option for vehicular manslaughter so i don't know what he's actually calling so uh, outside, across the street from the building, we see poor X the Eliminators finishing his coffee and half a biscotti at the outdoor cafe Java Lux, which uh, Java Lux appears every so often in the show. Poor X is checking his watch. Oh, a waiter tries to clear his plate. You know, but X grabs it back. He's still holding out hope that Birdman's going to join him for coffee. And sure enough, he has his uh, silver death console with the ray in tow. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, back at Harvey's office, he's now finished with the sandwich. He's picking his teeth with his desk nameplate, that placard. Uh, Just then, Harvey begins to feel and hear a gurgling from his stomach. Uh, He says, I think I know why they call them Sloppy Joes as he leaves for the bathroom.
1: Yeah, just as he passes passes Peanut, who's apparently got a cheerleader.
0: Yep. (laughs) Yeah, for no apparent reason. I thought something was going to happen, but nothing. No, just a weird, non sequitur. Yeah. A uh, peanut. We should mention too. He's uh, kind of the office assistant slash legal clerk. He's modeled after the original character of Bird Boy. Bird Boy doesn't have the natural feathered wings like Birdman. His are kind of mechanical, added on. So, anyway, back to Harvey. We see him crawling across the men's room floor, desperately looking for a vacant stall. Cutting to a close-up of Harvey's expression of relief. He's then interrupted by his coworker Peter Potamus. Who is washing his hands and asking his catchphrase. Did you
1: get that thing I sent you? <laughs>
0: <laughs> they they really modeled him after like the stereotypical annoying office guy who's always just emailing jokes and who knows what. And then asking, did you get it? Did you get the thing I sent you? And that's just a running gag throughout the show. He's always going to ask that. It it feels like that
1: office filler. Like just fake office conversation where it's like, hey, did you get that thing I sent you? And it's like, yeah. what thing? It's yeah. like, oh, yeah, you'll see it. It's just, um, you, you could say it to anybody in your office. It's like, hey, did you get that thing I sent you? And they'll ask, what thing? It's like, ah, it's a thing. You'll get it probably later. <laughs> you know, just be very vague about it.
2: Yeah, because I don't, I, I don't believe you ever find out in the series what that thing is. Yeah. Like any of the times. Which is great.
1: I think at one, one yeah. point he does, I think he, he stresses out about somebody not getting that thing he sent them. And I think Harvey was like, yeah, I got that thing. And he's, like, overly excited about it. But we don't know what that thing is. It, it's you- Doesn't he, like, right.
0: hulk out at one point, too? <laughs> yes, like, turns, he does. Yeah, He <laughs> yeah. turns big and green.
1: Yeah, at one point, I think he, it's, <laughs> he's, when the Jetsons are there, and he's talking to, I think, was it the boy with his little uh, communication device? No, he's a um, number predicting advice box thing. It's in that Jetsons episode. And he asked him, like, hey, do you have the numbers for the quick pick? And then, like you see, it's like this won't change the fabric of reality or time. And he's seen the future. There's this huge statue of him and all these followers, and there's this guy <laughs> yes. singing. Did you get that thing I sent you in a weird <laughs> chantic way?
2: Yeah, it's it's like their like mantra. Yeah, it's a mantra. He's got <laughs> yeah. this
1: golden
0: sandwich with the with the Quick Pick numbers on it. Yeah, yeah, they they carry this joke out so far, it's unbelievable. Mm. And we should mention, too, that Peter is voiced here by voice actor Chris Edgerly. He does work on everything from video games all the way to The Simpsons. I think he joined The Simpsons cast around 2011. You know, just doing small characters here and there. So, with Peter being in the men's room, Harvey runs out and uh, someone else walks into the restroom and Peter has to bother them. He's like, hey, there he is. Hey, there he is. (laughs) (laughs) I love the design of Peter Potamus, you know, they they kept it consistent with the old cartoons, and he's got these big, almost like, they're almost like elephant feet, you know, they're just flat at the bottom, completely flat, mm. but he uses them like normal hands, he's just washing his hands, I love the uh, the animation of Peter Potamus in this.
1: I think they really, um, for that design there in the bathroom, they've got his hat, and his typical, I think he has a jacket on most of the time, I remember. Yeah, but yeah. I think you see him later on in the episode again. But he's yes, yeah, you, you know.
0: do. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll get to that. <laughs> so back to X, we see that he's still at the cafe across the street, but now there are four empty cups at his table, and he angrily dials the rotary phone on his death console. Silver death console Silver. with the ray. Yeah, with the ray. Sorry. (laughs) So cutting back to Harvey in his office uh, mid-conversation, he's explaining to uh, Peanut how he couldn't use the facilities with Peter Potamus talking to him. So this is kind of like a running thing through this episode is that Harvey really needs to go at certain points throughout the day. Uh, Just then the phone rings and it's a very upset X the Eliminator. And of course, Harvey has already forgotten who X is. Uh, X refreshes his memory once again and tells him where he's been, waiting to meet him for coffee Harvey parts the window blinds, and, you know, he's on the uh, at least second floor. I think he's, what, third or fourth floor, maybe? <laughs> and he parts the window blinds, and he looks down, and he sees X on his console phone, you know, on the street below.
1: I just like the sound design, because when he walks over, you hear a clonk as the phone yeah. falls off the table, <laughs> and he drags it along.
2: <laughs> I also love that he's like, so, uh what have you been up to for the last 20 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you
1: can really see how needy X the Eliminator really is. And again, Harvey still has the bib on. Yes.
2: Yeah.
0: And and he also asks, did we even pick a day or a coffee shop? <laughs> so there's a funny moment here. Just then, you know, Harvey hears this squeaking noise in his office. And he, he turns to see his pet eagle Avenger kind of manually grinding steaks into ground beef while wearing a little paper hat. He just looks down and shakes his head. <laughs> So, is this where Harvey's getting his sloppy joes from? That's, I I believe so. So it's like Avenger poisoning a
1: Birdman. I think I think it's one of those double things for the fact. Like again, sound design. One of it it looks like that's where the meat's coming from. That's why he doesn't feel good because a bird's making his meat. And two, uh, uh, the sloppy sound is representative of something. Yeah, uh,
0: yeah. (laughs) I'm trying to be very (laughs) vague. So as this conversation is going on, Peanut just offers to resolve the situation by mooning X, which he does, uh, which is very funny. Uh, X offers to meet for lunch the next day. Harvey reluctantly agrees, but hangs up before agreeing on a place to meet. Uh, X just cries out in frustration because I, I guess you can't call Star 69 on a rotary phone. And uh, I love in the background of this <laughs> shot, you can still see Peanut mooning him up above. And not only is he, like, mooning him, he's, like, really <laughs> dancing around. He's really getting into it. Yeah, really giving him the business there.
2: <laughs> he's kind of doing the uh, the Bart Simpson mooning dance. Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I like how X was standing on his um, console, and then he jumps off it. Like, it's like, I don't know what kind of... It's not a delicate console, I gotta say. No. It seems like he can stand on it, move it around, pick it up, shake it about, you know.
0: It's like the Hokey Pokey? Yes. <laughs>
1: Just, just like that.
0: Hey, do you guys have Star sixty nine in Australia?
1: Uh, no, I don't. That's is that the that's a yeah. So if you
0: press Star sixty nine after a missed call or something, it'll tell you the uh, the number like, you know, the number last call or the number to last call you is. You know, I I haven't done it in so long, I forget exactly how they say it, but yeah, that's basically uh, before you had regular caller ID. That's how you could find out like, oh, I missed the call. Who was it that called me? And you press Star sixty nine. You know, and there was also Star sixty six, the busy signal fix that you could use when if you got a busy signal.
1: Well, I I have something like that. It's on my smartphone, <laughs> and it pops up with a number of who just called. Well, yeah, of course. You know, this is like <laughs> that more than ten years ago. There is always that. Yeah, for uh, for um, landline phones, I trying to remember what it was. I can't for life me remember if it was something like uh, something like the one hundred one or something like that. I think yeah. Where you had, like, you know, as long as you set up, if you called, someone actually could leave a message or they'll tell you what number called you. Yeah, I think we've we've had something like that, but I cannot remember the number. Kind of like Sus 69, but... Yeah, it's kind of
0: an antiquated thing now because we just have so many extra features with phones. We could do three-line calling and call waiting and texting, of course, you know. It's like you don't (laughs) need any of this.
2: I can do uh, texting on my landline, apparently.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. You
1: can do that. I used to be able to do that with um, payphones. You could do that.
0: Yeah, so I, I just wanted to ask, because in, in case someone's listening in a, in a land where uh, they don't have Star 69, which it kind of includes us now, you know, I don't know if anybody uses Star 69. I don't even know if it works anymore. Plus, you used to get charged for it, uh, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, just wanted to clarify what that was, since it's kind of a, an old thing now. So we next get another Harvey Birdman logo transition. We open on Harvey gently walking past Phil Ken Seben's office, uh, now in dire need uh, to getting to the restroom. Uh, we should note Harvey is still wearing the lobster bib here.
1: Also, you can tell it's Phil Ken Seben's office because in the hallway there's a giant <laughs> portrait of his face. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yes. I mean, I mean, there's there's no ego here. It's just you know some great art that he wanted in the hallway near his office. He's office without a door. That's completely open.
0: (laughs) It's worth noting, I don't think we get into it in this episode, but the law firm is seven and seven. It's Phil and his brother. Uh, Phil has the eye patch over the left eye. His brother has it over the right eye. That's how you know Phil from his twin brother. (laughs) So, anyway, Phil is uh, in a barbershop chair. He's covered by a, a purple flowered barber cape. He's being attended to by his stylist, Irina. He calls Harvey in and... Phil is just praising his stylist, talking about being dolled up for court the next day. And, of course, Phil is acting quite flirtatious with Irene, which is pretty much what you can expect from this character. I love the way he calls him into the into the office, too. It's like for no reason, either. Yeah.
1: I, I, What's he say? Sexy saucy Sarita with a saucy Sassoon? <laughs> Sexy saucy Sarita with a saucy Sassoon. <laughs> All I can think of is just like Stephen Colbert is just saying all this stuff. Oh yeah, it's great. <laughs> yep, it, it's 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 just bizarre stuff. Yeah, and like when he's yelling
2: at him to get in there, he's like, "Birdman, get in here! In here, get!" <laughs> or whatever it is, <laughs> I couldn't say
1: it. Yeah, <laughs> Birdman, Birdman, in get in here, in here, get Birdman. It's like uh, uh, when he's uh, I think it was the second, the first episode, somewhere in the first series, where he's telling him, uh, Birdman to sit down. And, like, there's like a, a, a side table and a chair. And he's like, Birdman, uh, get in here. And he's like, tells him to take a seat. He's like, not there, there, not there, there. And, like, Birdman's looking at, like, a chair and the, this little side table or end table. And he keeps pointing at the one spot. But, like, Birdman has no idea where he's pointing. <laughs> it's, it's this weird, weird situation from one of the episodes in, I think, Series 1 where he just wants him to sit down. And he goes, not there, there, not there, there.
0: And he just decides, I think, sit on the table. I, I think it's established that he has problems with his w- one eye that doesn't have the eye patch. And I think they say he sees everything three feet to the left or three feet to the right. So I think that was part of the problem. It, it does, you know, they they kind of really change a lot of, of his backstory with the eye. You never know what exactly it was.
1: In a later episode, I think, series three, uh, you get to see uh, Phil's house and it's all half a house. Like it's a mansion, but it's like, the front gate's half, a, <laughs> half a gate, with an S on it. His lawn's got half an S. His, his house is half a house. Like everything's just half. Nice. For his one, for either for his one good eye, but it doesn't matter which way you look at it. But it's just bizarre.
0: <laughs> so, so back to the scene. You know, Phil's just being uh, attended to by the stylist and just talking about her and talking about the court the next day. Just <laughs> rambling on and on. There's really no reason why Harvey had to be there. Meanwhile, Harvey's just holding himself in agony needing to go to the bathroom. He just Can't take it any longer. Uh, we get another transition. We open on the men's bathroom <laughs> and Harvey carefully opens the door, asks if anyone is there. And then hearing no answer, we cut to him sitting in a stall with a, an expression of contentment once again. But that ends <laughs> quite quickly <laughs> all of a sudden phil bursts into the stall he's wearing still that flowery barber's cape and crying about his new hairdo and uh, i love that the tear is only coming from the <laughs> the eye
2: with the eye patch oh i didn't even notice that <laughs>
1: <laughs> i like how he just he just does not care for um harvey's oh well he doesn't his thing how do you know harvey was in there <laughs> Beyond the fact, like, Harvey looked like he needed to go to the bathroom, but also just slamming the door <laughs> it, like, kicks open. while he's yeah. in there. It's he's like, he's like, oh, God! And it's like, what? <laughs> he, he's, he's whole stress over a bad hairstyle,
0: and then goes, tell me I'm pretty. Tell me I'm pretty, girl. You, you didn't, didn't hear, hear that. that. <laughs> Quickly regains composure. You didn't hear that. Yeah. So how would you describe this hairdo for, for those listening? Huge. Wavy. <laughs>
2: Volumous. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it, it's got this kind of 80s vibe to it, I gotta And say. it's got a white streak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very, very much uh, different from his, his clean-cut appearance, usually. Mm. But he seems so
2: distraught by it. Oh, he's
0: devastated. Like it's, it, it, like, it's really destroyed him. So we cut to the exterior of the building as Harvey walks out with the now-dejected Phil. And a spotting Harvey <laughs> from across the street, X the Eliminator tells him, you know, Prepare to meet thy fate! Harvey's just like die. Like, him and Phil even kind of share a look, like what? And uh, X slowly tries to fire up his death console. Uh, I, the I silver one. Uh, excuse me, silver death console <laughs> with the what? With the ray. Oh, with the ray. Okay, sorry. Yes, with the ray. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Also, he's got like, goggles in the scene. Yeah, I noticed that too. Yellow goggles. Now,
1: yeah. Now he now he cares about safety.
0: <laughs> so I think this is the first time we see that the that the uh, what is it? Silver? uh, Silver death console with, with the ray. Ray, okay. Uh, that it right. actually takes a very long time to charge up. And a, a great sound, too. It's like... Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> but it takes such a long time. Like, come on, come on, come on. It's something you would expect from old, outdated technology.
1: I think what my favorite thing about this is that Phil steps into action. Yes. He actually pushes Harvey out of the way, but then he pushes two separate other people, like a, a woman and a kid... <laughs> in two different directions. Yeah. As he seems to be just getting into action for, I am not entirely sure what. <laughs> he just kind of like runs around, pushes Harvey, pushes a woman and a kid, then stops a car. Steals the car. Throws the guy out of the car. Yeah, steals the <laughs> car. And I think at the same time, we can go back to X as the machine's powering up. But like, you know, Phil's it, it really getting to action here.
0: Yeah. What action? I don't know, <laughs> but some action. Yeah. I thought he was just he, fleeing, because he pushed, you know, like, the lady, the little girl out of the way, commandeers the car, and pulls it out in reverse, so I'm like, alright, well, that was and it. And drives he, off like a maniac. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. The driver just sits the there, too, come, in the
0: middle of the road.
1: Yeah, but then he comes back, goes past the screen a couple of times, then drops into screen. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Into shot. <laughs> From the sky. Uh, and then, <laughs> yeah, and then does, like, a, a quick spin in the car as it faces the opposite direction, so he can look in the rear view mirror <laughs> At X Eliminator, I guess, I got you in my sights. It's like,
2: well, he says, "What's your plan here?" He, he, he says, "Oh sight. yeah,
1: my- <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 like he's got this battle plan in his mind, but it's like it's very specifically involves a car,
2: yeah. And it, of course, when when he tries to back into X, he's off by you know the three feet or whatever, yeah.
0: <laughs> Ends oh, up going into I a store.
2: he turns the yeah." C- yeah, he like turns the turns the wheel
1: or something, but he kind of goes back and just drives off <laughs> just into a
0: groceries store. flying out into the road. <laughs> oh, but but while all that nonsense is going on with,
2: with Phil Birdman's yelling from across the street, I'm free all next week for lunch. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because in the middle of this, you know, because it takes a while to get charged. Finally, it's fully charged. Mm. X yells, "You know, crest on Birdman's helmet!" It prepares to yank the lever on. With all of his might, which I think the, this is the only time we see that it has a large lever to activate. I, I guess there's a couple of ways to fire the ray, uh, but when we cut across the street, you know Harvey is gone. There's just three slowly falling feathers left in his wake. So opportunity missed yet again. But uh, uh, this scene is funny that that Phil was actually going to help Harvey out. I guess maybe because <laughs> it's his lawyer, he needs him.
1: That or it's. Um, I think they keep going back to the whole uh, original TV show. Because I make reference to it uh, a couple of times, but like I guess maybe that's just part of the show as well. Like He has that kind of battle tactic in his mm-hmm. mind, but also he's quite crazy. <laughs> Very much so.
0: Mm. So from here we cut back inside the 7 and 7 building where X approaches Debbie at her desk and tells her that uh, he has a luncheon appointment with Mr. Birdman uh, tomorrow. Right? <laughs> and so we can assume that this is just moments after the last scene. You know, He immediately says, okay, I'll meet you for lunch sometime. And yeah. Shows up. It's like 9 o'clock in the morning, too. So, not
2: only is he a day early, he's more than a day early. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Why was Birdman eating sloppy joes at, like, 8 o'clock in the morning?
1: <laughs> yeah, see so that's what I was wondering. Like, this, this this, is a very busy morning. Like, you know, you know he uh, Phil's told him, like, I hit a guy. And then, you know, X is trying to kill him. They think it's the exterminator. And Harvey, yeah, is eating... I guess, bad meat in the morning. Maybe that's it. His diet isn't that great. That's why he's having some issues. Yeah, Mix that yeah, I with mean, coffee? Sloppy Joe's is
2: not really a breakfast food. <laughs>
0: no.
1: <laughs> well, what about breakfast burritos? Who made that idea?
0: Yeah, that's true. But, I mean, at least you got some... Eggs and stuff in there. Yeah, that, so. some other binding agents. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. Ugh.
1: that That's what I need in the morning. You know, wake up. I gotta get some of those binding agents into me. It helps. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so uh, in, inside Harvey's office here, we, we see he's preparing for Phil's case. He's reading a book. Did you catch what the book was?
2: <laughs> Driving tips for the one-eyed.
0: <laughs> yeah. So uh, Debbie buzzes in on the intercom, says that, uh, you know, his lunch appointment is here for tomorrow. And this is yeah what, the, what you mentioned, where he looks at the watch. And yeah, it's quarter past nine. So meanwhile, X is sitting very patiently in the waiting room. He's kind of muttering to himself in self-doubt while he reads a magazine. Did you... You caught this magazine? I did. It was, uh, Wrongs and Rights for Lawyers.
2: Fun with prosecuting. And it's basically like a Highlights Magazine spoof. Yes. (laughs) Did you ever
0: see Highlights for Kids Magazine, Hamish?
1: Uh, we've had a variety of different magazines down here. I mean, there was, like, I think for there's a kids' magazine called Disney Adventures. Oh, yeah. I had those. Or, a, like, a kids' magazine. Uh, we had a variety of them. Yeah, you see them from time to time in uh, Waiting yeah. Rooms.
0: Yeah, well, basically, yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, Highlights for Kids, probably most famously remembered for Goofus and Gallant, where it's like, you know, Goofus likes to throw his toys out the window while, you know, Gallant puts them neatly away. You know, that, that kind of thing. Highlights for Kids Magazine... It's, like, exclusively for waiting rooms. I think the only time I ever read the thing was, you know, when I was a little kid and waiting for the the pediatrician or something, or the dentist. It's, like, the only place you ever see those magazines. It's funny that there's one for older people that you get in in waiting rooms uh, waiting for the lawyer. (laughs) But anyway, uh, back in Harvey's office, Harvey and Phil, they're preparing for the case. Phil covers his already covered eye and he reads from a standard eye chart but instead of letters uh he sees other things did you catch any of these details i did
2: oh squiggly
0: snake outline of georgia pass (laughs) uh give me a hint (laughs) (laughs) Uh, georgia by the way is where you know adult swim william street studios is headquartered so kind of like a a little nod to the state of georgia
1: no i just like he's saying all this stuff while harvey's looking over some information like looking at a photo of Basically, Phil and like, his he's car with a foot coming out in front of it. <laughs> coming
0: out from it. Like, what, yeah. how, how did that happen? Yeah. He's like, ooh.
1: <laughs> yeah, because, like, it, but he, like, just tucks it back into his jacket. He's like, ooh. Uh, and he hides it. Well, um, yeah, Phil's just spilling off a bunch of nonsensical things <laughs> that have nothing to do with the eye chart.
0: Yeah. So back in the waiting room, as X nervously asks Debbie for a power strip for his three-pronged console plug, uh, Harvey buzzes on the intercom saying, "Uh, He's still there. He can't still be there. (laughs) (laughs) And I love how he's like, Sorry, I've never been to this office before. (laughs) When he has, you know? Yes. (laughs) So next, Harvey once again has to make a break for the bathroom. So he asks Debbie to distract X. Uh, also, uh, just as Harvey leaves, Phil slowly reads three letters, and if you <laughs> combine them with a certain fourth letter, they spell a word that is not allowed on the Cartoon Network. But fortunately for the censors, Phil says he can't make out that last one.
1: But like in like Harvey's office, he's he's like got all these driving paraphernalia, like the board behind him, parking like a uh, driving road signs. Yeah. he's got I think strapped to his desk. And again, there's another portrait of Phil Sebin on his wall.
0: <laughs> I think those are bolted to the walls in that building. Yeah. <laughs> so we cut back to the waiting room. X is patiently reading the magazine. He's sitting next to his console. And we see there's a giant window behind him. And we see Harvey try to sneak by on the ledge. It's like Harvey can fly. But often when he's in his regular attorney attire in his suit, he kind of forgets that he has powers. There's really no reason why he even needs to sneak by on the ledge, but of course he steps on a, a poor little pigeon, which makes a noise, and X is alerted to this getaway attempt. So X melts a hole through the glass, uh, zapping the, the same pigeon, poor thing, and uh, prepares to charge you know, the console to get Birdman, but uh, it's so slow, Birdman just kind of runs back into his office through the waiting room, and X can't get off really a good shot, and he ends up missing <laughs> I love how he just tilts the whole console and <laughs>
2: fires and misses. <laughs> a, a feat of strength. Yeah.
1: Yeah, It doesn't seem to be any real aiming device in that machine. It just seems to just go in a direction. Yeah. Yeah, he picks the whole thing up.
0: Christopher Man's helmet! <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, he fires through the wall and you see Peter Potamus Yes. Kind of engaged with another woman
0: going, huh? <laughs> yeah, what the? <laughs> Which is another catchphrase of his. Yes. Yes, uh, often he's uh, caught being amorous with one of his co workers. It's uh, just a running gag with him. So we next cut to Phil's trial in the courtroom. Representing the defense, we see Harvey along with Avenger, and uh, Phil is now wearing a flower adorned hat to cover his embarrassing hair. <laughs> Also, in the background, we, we see that the courtroom is kind of sparsely populated with a mix of people and some otherworldly beings. Uh, there's some sort of, must be an old Hanna-Barbera villain. I couldn't exactly identify who this was. But there's also a guy that, that looks like Freddy from Scooby-Doo sitting behind them, too. I don't know if you saw that. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, there is no prosecuting attorney of note in this trial uh usually we, we do get, you know, like Myron Reducto or, or some other great character, just not in this episode unfortunately. A lot of times you'd get uh characters from the show, the original cartoon, villains and and things like that uh as a the basically the other side against Harvey, but not unfortunately not here. So next uh X the Eliminator, he struggles to push his console through the metal detectors at the the doors of the uh of the courthouse
1: oh he pushes this big metal object through and like the alarm goes off and he's like oh that's me he, goes, he has like change in his pocket <laughs> <laughs> like the, the security guard doesn't like doesn't seem to react to really the big death console it's just like the change in his pocket which he hands to him then goes back through comes back out and goes yep obviously uh i take the bus <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's being very casual with the guy it's great he even like thanks him for doing a
0: great job <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah Again, he's able to get a death console through. It's just
2: Okay.
0: Silver one.
1: Oh yeah, the silver death sorry. I get confused between that and just regular consoles. Yeah. Right. I really do.
2: With um with the ray. The Ray, yes. Yes.
1: Well it it's with the Ray. I mean this one's different. It has it's it's silver and has the ray. I'm used to other ones where they don't have the ray and they're gold. So they went with, you know, a different
0: older thing. model, I think. Right. <laughs>
1: No, no, it, it's the same model, just gold. That's oh, it. they don't, they don't use it. It's just in the, it's just in the house next to, you know, enchanted spears and you know, talking animals. It's all. Oh there. wow, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so,
0: cutting to the courtroom mid-trial, Harvey is making his case that because handicapped spots are closer to the door, the uh, completely bandaged and wheelchair-bound plaintiff is actually lucky. It's like, really there. Phil is so guilty, there's no way to spin it, but Harvey is trying. So just then X parts the courtroom doors and struggles to push the console in in front of him, and he plugs it in as just some horrified people are looking on. I love that he's like,
2: is is that a three-prong outlet? <laughs> <laughs> and then he has to, of course, wait for it to charge up. Yes.
1: Yeah. But then like you see Harvey, he's, like, uh, he, he's, he's trying to do his job, but at the same time, he can, he can hear that X is in the background. And he starts putting up his case file against his face, as if that's going to stop like, a death ray or whatever's going to hit him. <laughs> he's just like,
0: uh, he's, you know, he's still trying to get on with his case. It's so great, yeah. And as Harvey you know, is shielding himself and lowering the voice, he's asking, you know, is it unreasonable to expect today's pedestrian to wear at least one piece of reflective clothing? And not just that, as the console slowly starts to charge, we cut back to Harvey, and he's keeping a little boy eating an ice cream cone, standing in front of him. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I just like, like the, the boy starts to walk away, he's like, no, 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 stay there, stay there. <laughs> I don't know if you caught this, but Harvey continues making his case. Uh, he's stating, it's kind of hard to hear, it's something about mentioning the damage that was done to Phil's hood ornament. It's like mm. The damage done to the hood ornament alone, but they kind of, like, end the dialogue, but it was just pretty funny. He was going to, like, make the case that Phil actually got some damage, too. But, like, the judge presiding is Judge Mentok. Yeah, which yeah. we don't get a lot of him in this, unfortunately. He seems very bored f- for this case. Well, yeah, I guess he, he
1: can see it's an open shut case. It's like, why, why do I need to be here? But, like, no one really cares about... The dangerous situation which is about to occur but Harvey is like still trying to hide behind a child <laughs> and move around and do his job at the same time
2: meanwhile he's like shouting because it's just getting louder and louder <laughs> Yes,
1: gets louder but like uh, the, as soon as it reaches the peak the, it, you hear a, psh, a smash sound as one of the tubes pop yes. and he's like Ep, stay here and he tells someone to keep an eye on it like a woman to his left is like "Ep, keep an eye on it I'll be back
0: <laughs> yeah, he literally says could you watch my death ray <laughs> yeah, he ends up going to some I, it's some sort of radio shack like store you know and asking do you have tubes mm. so back back to the, the courtroom you know he gets it up and running again this is where it gets really noisy and Harvey gets louder and louder he's asking uh, a police officer who's now on the stand if it's true that Phil respects the law and the sanctity of life when he's not late for an apartment you know he's getting louder and louder over this <laughs> buzzing and humming from this machine And all
1: the while, he has that child now chained to himself. (laughs) (laughs) Like some sort of protective vest.
2: (laughs) And
0: I just love, like, the tubes just keep breaking, so he has to keep running back. (laughs) Yeah, Tubes! (laughs) Crap! So, back in the courtroom again, Harvey continues with the case, and he's being careful not to step on a large red X. Like, I don't know if this is paint or tape, but it has been placed on the floor, and Harvey evidently knows what this is whenever he gets near it, X kind of casually looks up from his magazine. He he's likes that magazine. He's still reading it. Yeah. Too. Yeah. I'll have to get through.
2: He must be stuck on the uh, find the difference between the, uh, the two pictures thing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and also uh, another uh, little detail is you notice on the console in some scenes, he has a little sticker on the back. It's a bear. It says Ursus. Yep. That's, of course, from the Latin <laughs> for bear, reference to the famous silent bear of the uh, series. So at one point, Harvey hands the police report file to the officer on the stand. He kind of like reaches over and accidentally steps over onto the X. X the Eliminator immediately springs into action, trapping Harvey in his vice ray, which is right from the uh, the original cartoon, trapping him in a vice ray. Well,
1: actually, it seems like he didn't know what he was using on him at first, because like I've trapped you in my yes, because uh, yeah, there's a list of different versions, like the just okay ray, Randall Ray. Hip Hop Hooray <laughs> and Freeze Ray, which is next to Vice Ray. But he's like, looks down the list. He's like, I've trapped you in my, uh, Vice Ray.
0: <laughs> he had to act so quickly like, he didn't even yeah. know what it was he activated.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's just like, uh, this one.
0: Also, we should note, Randall comma Ray is one of them. Ray Randall is Birdman's alter ego. So that's what, what that was a reference to. Kind of like how Space Ghost's name is Tad Ghostal. Yep. His name is Ray Randall.
1: That's a pretty secret name.
0: Yeah, it's a nice uh you know alliteration, kinda like Peter Parker. hmm Nice classic it's superhero Peter name. Peter Parker. Oh, shh, I'll tell you later. Oh okay. <laughs> I
1: don't know. I've been I've been reading those like, science journals by that guy, uh, Reed Richards. He talks about some sort of space thing. Right. I don't know. Yeah,
0: he's fantastic, that guy.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. He should really be like superhero or something. He's he's that smart as a brilliant scientist. Yeah, that's a he stretch.
2: Really <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway.
1: I mean I really I mean they they do say he has a family but I don't really see his wife.
0: I don't know. <laughs> it's just getting grim. <laughs> Anyway, Harvey is now frozen in place by the vice ray, and he's struggling to read the report. You know, he's still focusing on the case. Even as the ex-The Eliminator's ray is slowly sucking the sun's energy from his body. I, I think we mentioned that earlier, right? The- it's the sun's rays that, that yeah. does energize him.
2: And I love that Peanut's just sitting there next to the death cons- uh, silver death console <laughs> with the ray. <laughs> it just kind of sitting there.
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's taking it all in. Exactly what you would expect from Peanut. Exactly. But like, as as soon as that
1: vice race starts, the music changes to, I guess, it's a Saturday morning cartoon, Mm. and it actually kind of turns into a Saturday morning cartoon situation, even though he's in a courtroom trying to do his job.
0: (laughs) And and X is just now laughing in his moment of triumph, but then also remarks like, "It smells like hairs burning. Do you smell that?" so as this goes on Harvey falls to his knees he calls out to Avenger to perform Operation Rescue but Avenger is kind of just too busy admiring the brass eagle at the top of the flagpole and fails to respond and if this wasn't bad enough Harvey is now having another diarrhea attack and uh, did you catch what he says to himself here?
1: (laughs) yeah it's like must shishi poo poo (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It, it seems like a weird mantra where he's like underground like mush, shishi, poo poo, mush, shishi, poo poo. <laughs> but again, he's trapped in this situation.
0: This <laughs> uh, is the the worst uh, of everything coming down upon him. X celebrates that he will finally have Birdman's crest, but Avenger does eventually swoop in, attacking X, causing him to stumble into his own death ray, which then sends him flying around the core room in circles, kind of like a tractor beam that keeps him held in the sky. Mm. <laughs> so now weakened in doing his best adam west batman you know harvey <laughs> praises uh, avenger you know calls out to his chum to uh, reverse the ray
2: good going old chum
0: yeah,
1: <sighs> yeah x's reaction like chum yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's like any any bizarre use of non-standard language i guess yeah characters seem to question it like you know when he says thy doom he goes Die? yeah
0: i like the reverse of that the two of them each make a comment about each yeah. other's language it's very funny so you know he's telling a bird i like how avenger here isn't really like that super i mean avenger yeah is grinding meat with a little paper hat so avenger does have abilities and does type at certain mm. points but a lot of times avenger is just a normal bird so he's like reverse the rail chum the, the bird just kind of shrugs and turns a knob like you know what does the bird know fortunately it is the <laughs> correct knob And it restores the solar energy to (laughs) Harvey, but uh, specifically kind of in the middle of him, let's say. You mean more in the crotchal region. (laughs) (laughs) He now has uh, super-powered pants. (laughs) Yes, Harvey... uh,
1: (laughs) Well, that's what what Black Vulcan says.
0: Yes, Harvey is now thrusting his hips as he's being energized. He said, that's it, the healing rays of the sun. Uh, We then cut to the Super Friends character, Black Vulcan, continuing the statement with, In his pants... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Which is a yet another reoccurring gag on the show. Black Vulcan saying in his pants. And Black Vulcan here is voiced by Phil Lamar from Mad TV, Futurama, the voice of Hermes, quite famously. Great voiceover artist. And so, yeah, that's him. It's very funny.
1: Also, side note, he was killed in uh, Pulp Fiction.
0: Yeah, yeah. He was the guy in the back of the car, right? Yeah. Who actually Time's for him. Who does die in a Pulp Fiction parody called Gump Fiction in the first season of Mad TV. I think he says something along the lines of, not again. Oh, does he? <laughs> I, th-
1: I think that was one of his comments he said. That's this. great. It was like, not again, because he's screaming in the corner.
0: <laughs> so cutting to later in the trial, Harvey is now fully energized with solar power. He's proceeding with the case at super speed and, of course, uh, a glowing groin, shall we say? <laughs>
1: well, uh, well, the, it's the it's still the police officer in the stand. Yeah. And he, he, he takes notice of it. He seems to be, um, I'd I say he's, he's basically like
0: mesmerized. looking the eye of God, we'll say. Yeah, mesmerized. Looking into the sun in a weird way. Yeah. And, and Harvey asked if Phil's car was listed as blue in his report. And the officer says, uh, yes. Harvey replies that his client drives a light blue car. And that's enough to have the judge talk the mind taker, who is, uh, of course, still very bored at this point, to dismiss the case by <laughs> banging his famous brain gavel. This is pretty funny. That's like gonna get him off on that technicality. Uh, Mm. Mentok says, "Ah, "Good enough for me. Not guilty." Now we don't get a lot of Mentok here, and we don't even get the, but he's a uh, a reoccurring judge. He's voiced here by uh, John Michael Higgins, who Hamish, you may remember from the the great American series, Kath and Kim.
1: Yes. I'm just going to say yes to that, because I think he was the best part about it. But also, strange enough, a weird side note. Um, he and Gary Cole have both appeared in an episode of Angie Tribeca. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, see?
0: Another, that's right. Another okay. great show.
1: I keep an eye on these things. <laughs> that's all I got. Okay. Yeah. They're both humans. Uh, Gary Cole appeared uh, in uh, the recent Hitman game. Oh, really? Yeah, playing Gary Cole. Playing himself. <laughs> oh, that's weird. It was him and Gary Busey in in one of the... Um, hitman downloadable episodes or was it um uh was it uh rare targets missions hmm. Hmm. that's just a side thing i just want you guys to know okay thank you you know if you if, if anyone out there who you know loves
0: some gary cole gary cole has like been in everything arrested development and quite famously now veep and so yeah and office space i should say is probably his most famous role he was the boss was it lumberg bill lumberg in office space yep. great comedic actor so with the case now over, Harvey grabs the bathroom key from the bench, which <laughs> the, the courtroom men's room key actually has a toilet seat attached to it. So it's a interesting way of uh, making sure the toilet gets, doesn't get used otherwise, I guess. But anyway, we cut to a shot of the men's bathroom door as Harvey triumphantly shouts, Bird man!
1: <laughs> Do, doing his version of the catchphrase from the TV show. Yeah. I guess it's the only time he says it here, anyway. Yeah, yeah. On this version of the Birdman's life, we'll say, <laughs> yeah, it, it's interesting. Like to take that catchphrase and turn it into his, I guess, form of some sort of success. We'll say, <laughs> yes, <laughs> Achieve, achievement unlocked. That's what he says.
0: Yes, yes. <laughs> uh. So after another logo transition, we cut back to a group scene in Harvey's office. Uh, this is pretty much how every episode ends. And here in his office, we see there's Harvey in a pink sweater, uh, Phil Kensebin, Peanut, Avenger, Black Vulcan is there, a nun, and of course, Bear. And uh, we should mention Bear, by the way, great classic looking character. It's actually not an old Hanna-Barbera character like I imagined it was. Uh, I looked it up and uh, Bear was designed by Vincent Waller, who was an artist from the Ren and Stimpy show. <laughs> <laughs> but Bear has that, that classic style. Actually, it was from the uh, the Apache Chief episode where he, he spilled coffee on himself and he was suing, I believe it was Java Lux, the coffee shop we see in this episode. And there was a scene where, you know, Apache Chief from Super Friends, his uh, superpower is to grow tall. And there was a scene where Bear kind of like silently points up and they loved the look of this bear in this shot. They decided to make it a character, like a reoccurring gag through the show.
1: And no one questions it. Like, no, In other episodes, I think, uh, when he's popped up, people refer to him or they, they see him around. And I think it was in one of the episodes where Harvey had to replace Avenger because Avenger quit to get another job. Mm-hmm. And he's and he's talking to different people around the office and, and asking who keeps turning down the thermostat. And he goes like, was it you, Peanut? Was it you? Was it you? And he, go, he goes to the bear, and the bear always makes that noise of... That sounds... That's that's all it does. And then cuts to... Was it you, Emperor Penguin? Uh, <laughs> That's a great episode. But yeah, he, he pops up and like he's, his only use is just, I don't know, just to make the scene a little bit more odd. Yeah,
0: yeah. Mostly crowd scenes at the end is where he shows up, but, you know, here and there, and little references to him. So in this group scene, Harvey declares that everyone and everything is back to normal, and uh, everyone kind of looks at Harvey's midsection. Uh, Debbie buzzes in his crotchal area uh, somewhere around there it seems <laughs> so Debbie buzzes in on the intercom to tell him that his lunch date has arrived and over the intercom we hear X the eliminators console charging up that dern, 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 dern. then the power goes out in Harvey's office and we hear X curse the group bursts out in laughter and uh, in the darkness Harvey's special glow returns was <laughs> that special glow again uh, his area in his pants
1: ah there we go we all have special areas my one's my elbow
0: Okay. (laughs) so from here we cut to the closing credits here we get another classic composition this is just instrumental just uh some great music for this this whole series they like i said they have access to the warner archive and so there's a lot of like just great instrumental music that they use and so at the end we get production cards for cartoon network studios and cartoon network And so that ends a a really great season, really, of of Harvey Birdman, a really great episode. So uh, what are are your thoughts upon watching this for the podcast? I was definitely glad to go back and watch
2: another episode of uh, Harvey Birdman. It's been far too long, I think, uh, since I watched one. So yeah, it was was great to dig out the DVDs and uh, put one on. And I'm probably uh, next chance I get going to watch a couple more.
1: Yeah, I th- it, it's great to come back to it because it, it's one of those shows which, uh, on DVD, uh, you watch. I can just keep watching it. Like you just put the DVD on and watch it episode by episode. Mm. And yeah, it's just one of those great things to see that they're actually being allowed to create something with an already existing property, but being allowed to actually you know mature the character from being a, a kid's cartoon character to being this lawyer who's pretty much inept at his job. And like you know, it, it's it's good to see that it wasn't just like a, a parody of the show It's it's got, got a lot of love for the show itself you know they like the fact that you know it has a rich I guess I guess mixed culture with the rest of the Hanna-Barbera properties mm-hmm. so it's interesting to see that you know this show which more or less was forgotten like if they didn't make Harvey Birdman you know Attorney at Law or Space Ghost you probably would have forgotten about these shows completely you know but it's interesting to see now with this kind of resurgence because recently there's a, a comic book series called Future Quest which actually involves all the Hanna Barbera properties coming together, yeah, to fight a, a greater evil. And one of the characters that have come back is a Birdman. Unfortunately, not Harvey Birdman, but you have Birdman and Space Ghost and the Galaxy Trio and Johnny Quest and yeah, you know, everyone kind of coming back together to fight an unstoppable evil.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a great comic book series. Definitely check that out. And, and yeah, just like you guys, uh, loved watching this episode. Really, always liked this this cartoon. Very smart, snappy humor, great satire, very fun to watch. And with that eleven minute runtime, just like those other adult swim cartoons, you know you could put in the DVD, you could hit play all, you know on the on the disc and just watch them for you know an hour or two, just go through most of a season in one sitting. And like I said, it rewards repeated viewings. It's one of those things that if you're kind of like distracted while it's on, you're gonna miss probably half of the jokes. There's so much going on. They put so much into that 11-minute runtime. It's, it's really great. So much attention to detail, even down to the sound design, like you guys pointed out. You know, just it's such a great cartoon. And uh, worth getting the DVDs. I'm, I'm pretty sure they're still pretty cheap right now. And, you know, a lot of great special features as well. And, you know, going into to seasons beyond this, because this is the end of season one, there's other great characters who haven't showed up yet, like Bird Girl, played by Paget Brewster, who's very, very funny. Kind of a, a take on the Batgirl character, where she's really Phil Ken Kensebens' daughter, you know, who wants to be a superhero, kind of like Commissioner <laughs> Gordon's daughter. So, some really great things in there. So, yeah, definitely worth a watch. And, uh... Yeah, buy buy volumes one through three on DVD.
1: Yeah, do that. Because they're quality (laughs) items. And if I haven't said it before, yeah, Altswim makes some interesting, great products, great entertainment. Uh, DVD case is just a a sublime piece of, you know, just aesthetics. It's it's what you want in your life. I think you should just go online, go to Amazon, buy it. Again, I'm not being paid for this. (laughs) But go online, buy it with money and watch it with your eyeballs
0: hey i'll tell you what kevin do you have an amazon link on your page that would help you out if people did this i certainly do ah
2: (laughs) Uh, you can go to onewallcinema.com slash amazon and uh just click on the link and uh shop like you normally do what that is doing is uh, helping to fund uh, my kids youtube channel uh, which is uh kids unboxing stuff where they uh get things like uh loot crate or one up box and just kind of you know open it up and do kids doing reviews of of stuff like that and uh i I will say we've got some cool stuff coming up uh including an episode eventually of the uh weird al squeeze box set awesome that'll be that
0: i can't wait for that one yeah for those that are weird al fans definitely check that out get your pre-orders in Uh, If you missed it, our last two episodes of the podcast were Weird Al related. We did his first episode as band leader on Comedy Bang Bang. And then his cult comedy classic movie UHF. So a lot of Weird Al uh, on this podcast. And that's great. I'll have to check that out once you get it. And that'll pretty much do it for this episode of Hitting Play. As always, you can email us with your comments, suggestions, sloppy joe recipes, whatever you got for us at hittingplayshow at gmail.com. Or you can talk to us on Twitter at hittingplay. And, uh, oh, speaking of which... I want to mention we got a great email from a listener named Megan who is visually impaired and thanked us for our descriptions of some of the more visual aspects of the Comedy Bang Bang episode that we covered two weeks ago. Like I said, that's the one where uh, Weird Al takes over as the show's band leader. And uh, she thanked us for helping her fill in the gaps that she was missing from just the show's audio. And that's something I never really thought of where, you know, we put a lot of effort in describing what's shown on the screen for the podcast And as a result, it can really be helpful to those that are visually impaired and are missing a lot of those visual gags or details. So um, that's awesome. Thank you very much for listening, Megan. Thanks for reaching out to us. And uh, thanks for making us feel like we're doing an important work here.
1: Yeah, thanks, Megan. And if you want to know what I look like, I'm a tall, handsome man, tanned by the golden sun of Australia. (laughs) And I look like a mixture between Hugh Jackman and Thor. So, obviously, I'm telling the truth here.
0: Yeah, I don't know about that. All right.
2: All right. So, anybody have any plugs? Uh, well, uh, like I mentioned earlier, I, I can be found at uh, onewallcinema.com. Uh, you can find me on Facebook and Twitter as One Wall Cinema as well. And I have some mystery science theater type commentary tracks as well as some uh, like video on demand stuff at gumroad.com slash Cinema. And if you use the coupon code hitting Play, uh, it'll save you a chunk of change on there. And uh, we still have the uh, coupon code of Hitting Play 100, uh, which will get you uh, episode 10, which is the Chevy Leader News Volume 1 riff, uh, completely free.
1: Oh, nice. Hamish. You can find me on the internet, on Instagram, Silent Hamish, uh, Twitter. Sal Hamish. Uh, I've also got a Facebook page, which I really have to update and put some stuff on there because I put some bits and pieces there called cool. Sal Hamish Art on Facebook. Uh, I'm also on the street in Australia. This is me on the Hitting Play podcast, so you can find me here as well. All right, is, is that helpful? I'd say Vine, but
0: Vine's dead. No, it's the Vine camera now. It's a great app. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm on Twitter. My name there is at MC and friends. You can follow me there. Uh, Vine is no longer. So I moved to Instagram there. You can find me at MC underscore and underscore friends Uh, there. I post uh, a lot of my drawings and comics and uh, I'll be posting a lot of my, uh, you know, classic Vine stuff and flip page animation, things like that. So uh, check me out there. Uh, If you listen to us on iTunes, please subscribe and leave us a five-star review. It helps us out, and if you do, you will get a shout-out on the show. For Android users, we are also available to stream and or download on Stitcher. We can be found on TuneIn Radio in the Google Play Music app, so check us out there. And also, if you have a Roku device, you can download the TuneIn Radio channel, you can set hitting play as a favorite, and you can stream these episodes uh, right through your television as they're posted. I'm impressed by technology. That's pretty cool. There's a lot of ways. And then also, like, favoriting us on Stitcher helps us out. So there's a lot of ways you can help us out uh, just by clicking. But, uh, yeah, if you like us, write a review on iTunes. Hey, hey, stop trying to sway the audience.
1: (laughs) Stop using your charm and charisma to sway the audience into wanting to hear what you want
0: to hear. I'll tell you what. God. Give us five stars and just review Hamish. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Well, we have been Hamish, Kevin, and Scott. This has been Hitting Play. Thank you so much for listening. Haha! <laughs> Audio adventure! <laughs>